This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotatonetwork.com. Hi, this is Shane. And this is Virginia. And this is Wait, You've Never Seen, a podcast dedicated to discussing well-known movies and TV shows that one of us has never seen. Today we're continuing our messed up movie month by discussing... Wait, you've never seen Choke? This was a weird movie. It was. So, trigger warnings up front. There's choking in this. Can, at first I thought he was just cho- he was pretending to choke because he was scamming them, but some of it was real choking, apparently. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, the like character, he- not the actual. I'm sure the actor was faking all of the choking, but anyway. Yeah, he, he seemed to be in real danger. That was clear. Um, there was a rape fantasy sort of play out. Um, they played the mental illnesses for laughs at the private hospital. And there was some emotional abuse of children that was just, or a particular child, Victor, that I was like, no wonder he's messed up. Like, yeah, that was some jacked up stuff to be saying to your kid who's not really your kid. Anyway, moving on. And there's there's lots of random nudity, lots of meaningless sex. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of the. This is the point of the movie. Kind of the point of the whole movie. So, having said that, with three things, <laughs> were you expecting from this movie? So, I had no idea what to expect from this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you sent me the poster, which is basically a silhouette of a man. With women's legs, it it would be like if, uh, if a man stuck the top half of a Barbie doll in his mouth and just the legs in stiletto heels were sticking out. That's what it looked like. Yeah. So this is my guesses. Okay. Um, I expect choking, obviously. I expect sex workers. Okay. And I expect. Cannibalism. Wow. <laughs> that's the one thing that this movie didn't have. Yes, that's true. So, did you think you would like this movie? Um, I didn't really know anything about it, but since it's in our messed up movie month, I think I probably won't like it. <laughs> so, I'm, usually I start out with three stars, but I want to start out with two stars this time. Fair enough. What was your one sentence IMDb summary? You're doing a lot of head shaking already. I don't think this is going to be good. Well, we'll get to it. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be like more of a comedy, so I was going with like dark and twisted, like the other movies that we have watched this month. There was some dark and twist. There was some pretty grim things happening, but. A disturbed man hires unsuspecting sex workers who he then chokes to death and eats. However, he meets his untimely demise by choking on one of his cannibalistic meals. (laughs) Wow. Nice. So, IMDB. Let's find out what they have to say. Okay. Choke this... There's at least three movies by that same title. Uh, So this was... The 2008 one with Sam Rockwell. 
and Angelica Houston. And many other. We'll get to that. Um, this is rated R, 92 minutes, comedy, drama. A sex addict con man pays for his mother's hospital bills by playing on the sympathies of those who rescue him from choking to death. Yeah, that about sums it up. So, how did this movie measure up? Well, like I said, I didn't expect it to be more of a comedy. Mm -hmm. Um, There was choking. Check. Sex workers. Check. Were there actual sex workers? Well, there, there was a, there's a stripper. cherry daiquiri. She's a stripper, though. Well, sex work. I mean, I guess it depends on how you define sex worker. I don't think of a stripper as a stripper. That is an exotic dancer. That is someone who's expressing themselves with their bodies. And well, isn't that what sex workers do, too? I don't know. I guess, I guess I'm wrong. Okay, moving on. Well, yeah, it depends. You're right, though. It depends what your definition of sex worker is. I thought you literally meant, like, prostitution when you said you were expecting sex workers. Oh. You weren't necessarily just expecting prostitutes. Correct. Okay. Has your opinion changed? I didn't really like it. You didn't? No. Mm. I gave it one star. Gave it one. Well, it's yeah, it's it just wasn't my jam, <clears throat> and not in and not in a like. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. It was a good movie, but I never want to watch it again. Not my jam. Just like. This movie isn't for me. Like, there's no. You didn't see merit in it. Correct. Yes, that's a good way to put it. And your IMDb summary. Totally wrong. Alrighty. Totally wrong. I mean, what was the point of? I guess I guess the poster was combining his choking scam with his sex addict scam. I mean, not sex addict scam. He was combining the movie poster was combining his choking scam with his sex addiction. Right, and they kind of were different sides of the same very sad coin. You know, on one side you have meaningless sex, and for him that um, brought him some sort of escape from this really messed up life that he has, and all of these, you know, which, you know, we kind of see his childhood, we see how he, you know, why he is the way he is, you know, and eventually, we eventually, like, learn more and more. Um... And then the other side is he, so he doesn't have a real connection with these women. Mm-hmm. And then he does end up having like this strange sort of connection with the people who save him when they, when they, you know, when they give him the Heimlich maneuver and, you know, and mm-hmm. save his life. He does now have this strange, like what he isn't getting in his um, romantic relationships, he's getting from these like very... This very sick, twisted um, way of getting close to people by tricking them into saving his life. Well, and if he's if he the character, not the actor, is actually choking himself 
would then like that rush is associated with those savior type feelings like autoerotic asphyxiation is is a thing because right. of that endorphins or whatever that are released when that happens so i'm thinking he's choking on food right um so as the as these people are saving him he also has that release of endorphins from not choking to death right his um how do i put this he he basically has the same feeling when he's you know with a with a nice lady mm -hmm. because he is apparently straight for it appears to be he Could only be. seems to be interested in the ladies in this movie maybe maybe mostly mm -hmm. he does when he he takes out his computer and he does sort of look he looks at various things mm. but anyway um he he gets the same sort of release from sex that he does from being saved from dying. Gotcha. Which again, like it's and it, yeah, it's like a, it is also like a self harm sort of thing. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought of that. I'm not sure how you feel about sex addiction, but it seems more like and this movie kind of highlights this idea that. Is it really sex that Victor is addicted to, or is it that he's addicted to people? He's addicted to attention. He's addicted to um, getting something out of people. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you could say, in a way that you could say with, a, you know, an alcoholic or a drug addict, yeah, there's a physical addiction. There's a physical addiction that can happen there. But really, it's a... There's something else that's happening there, too. Like, the idea of a dry drunk. Like, if you take... Um, if you take a drunk and you put him on an island where there's no alcohol anywhere, but he hasn't dealt with all the things that have caused him to want to be drunk all the time, mm -hmm. you still have an asshole. Yeah. You still have a jerk. Right. Because <laughs> there's something else there. That was causing the alcoholism. Mm -hmm. Not dealing with your, you know, with your stuff. So can we talk about a few of the the scams that he seemed to be running throughout his life? Sure. So it seems like the choking scam started when he saw his face on the milk carton when he was little. Mm -hmm. Like 10 or 11, it seemed like. Mm-hmm. Um, and he started choking so that people would notice it was him on the milk carton because he tried to show the waitress and she didn't really seem to notice. And that's why he then started choking. Was it an accident that he was choking or was he, he doing it on purpose? He did. Um, he did that on purpose for sure. Um, so was his purpose in doing that to attract the attention of the authorities nearby, either whether they were actual law enforcement or just authority figures? Because, see, I have a whole question about, like, we find out that Angelica Houston's character, Ida, stole him from a stroller in Iowa somewhere. Mm hmm So. And she's been on the run with him ever since. Right. So it seems like 
when they when she got arrested, I guess then he was put in foster care or was he because it seemed like there was also also a foster care scam as well or she was constantly trying to get him out of foster care and just running away with him or I wasn't really clear on his whole backstory, I guess. Yeah, there's some I think there's honestly some plot holes to be honest. But as far as him the very first time as a child or, you know, preteen, whatever, however old the young version of him is, there does seem to be um, maybe just a desperation that he chokes himself. Mm-hmm. Because he, he, he's, re- he's coming to realize this sort of shocking thing, like, he didn't seem to know why he was on a milk carton, but being on a milk that I think that freaked him out, and he was unable to get anyone's help so just i think in just in desperation he just choked himself so i'm thinking now that they might have shown us the flashbacks out of order because i was thinking as we were seeing them we were sort of what i think happened was the last one we saw was first it was when he was choking when the police came and then all the times we saw her trying to steal him from foster care was after she was arrested he was probably placed in foster care and she's constantly like that one Mm. lady had him in the department store and she's like let's go and then the lady's like i just turned my back for one second and he's gone right yeah that was a little unclear but in the when he first chokes himself though the cops don't immediately show up the cops don't immediately show up at, at that point oh um, when do the cops show up? The cops show up when she's evidently stolen the, the the school bus, which they never really explain. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the school bus. So she probably then, you know... The storytelling was a little... Was, was pretty fractured. Yeah. It's hard to tell... It's hard to tell what was what. And when he does finally, you know, when they are finally separated and she's caught, Ida is caught, and young Victor is now, they put them in the same police car, which is weird. I'm sure they would never do that. Yeah. Well, he was in the front and she was in the back, but they're still in the same car. Yeah. I, I think what you, the very first thing you do in a kidnapping is you got to, you have all those police cruisers. I'm sure you separate them. Uh-huh. But anyway, he doesn't know as an adult now. He never finds out that he was taken from his mother. If that's if when he's when she's finally caught near uh-huh. the end, uh-huh. at no point it seems is he ever told or reunited with his actual mother. He thinks oh, right. he thinks Ida is his mother as an adult, which doesn't make any sense to me. Once you're caught, doesn't children's services get involved and reconnect him with his mother? You would think. Yeah, I don't know. This movie was very confusing. Yeah. Um, so, he's still running the scams, mostly the choking scam, but some other scams, I believe, um, to pay for his mother's private hospital um, because yes. he wants the best care for her, even though she can't remember who he is. Which is which is sad. Um, he goes to see her pretty regularly, but she's 
always mad at the idea that he's not coming to see her because she doesn't recognize him. She yeah. intermittently she intermittently recognizes him and she yeah. recognizes him enough at the end to say, "Oh, I stole you out of a stroller yeah. in Iowa." And I I agree like at that point I thought, "Okay, the story's going to turn into how do we reunite him with the fa- especially after he started feeding her the pudding, choking her essentially to yeah. death." That was weird. He kind of killed her. Yeah. He pretty much killed her. Yeah. Even though she was dying, I guess. Yes. So, yeah, I thought it was going to turn into how do we right this wrong? How do we, you know, reintroduce? But no, it was about airplane sex. So Yeah, he just kind of goes back. He sort of goes back to the way he is. It's not like, oh, now everything's better. Well, wasn't it uh, Paige who was in the bathroom with him? Which leads me to another question. Did he help her? No, she was voluntary. In the yeah. hospital, so she probably just left. They don't make that super clear that it's her, but it is her. It's yeah, yeah. I'm feeling more confident in my one star now because there's just yeah, that's there's weird. just way too much going on here. Um, did, oh, did you at any point realize? Did you realize early? Because I just sort of I don't I don't usually try to like figure out things. I just let a movie happen to me. Mm-hmm. So, did you did you realize that Paige was not an actual doctor before it sort of revealed? No. I had no idea until we saw her wristband that said patient. I, I legit thought she was a doctor. I wasn't sure if you were looking up, and they don't really explain things very well in this movie. Like, you had to have seen that, or you, didn't, you wouldn't yeah. have really gotten that. Well, I guess they go back and say, oh, yeah, they let me wear... Or, they let me wear a wear a do, wear a a lab coat. Lab coat, thank you. Which somebody <laughs> said that the staff let her do that because it was the first time. Like the mom, Ida gave Paige mm-hmm. the lab coat. Yes. The staff let Paige continue wearing the lab coat because it brought her like back to uh, cognizance. She was out of her catatonic state or whatever. Right. But it's like. Do you not see how that could lead to confusion in yes. your hospital? Yes. Oh, well, let's as talk- evidenced by this movie. That's a very good point. But let's talk about... That kind of leads me to something I want to talk about. I think that when if someone has dementia, Alzheimer's, or they're not going to get better. They're in a situation... Where their mind is going and they're not going to get better. That's my general understanding, yes. I think, I think there's something kind. Like when, when Victor just sort of goes, yes, I'm Ira the lawyer or I'm Fred the lawyer or I'm whoever it is you want me to be, Mom. I'm not constantly fighting her. Like, she's not going to get better. So just, just go with it and let, you know. Arguing I know- is just going to agitate. Is just going to agitate her, which may put her in more distress than she already is. Like, I see what yeah. you're saying. And, like, the idea that he's going around... And maybe it's odd to be, like, to tell... There is something weirdly problematic when he just accepts when the when that old lady comes up to him and she's accusing him of being someone who... Um, 
who assaulted her, who sexually assaulted her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I did it, and I'm sorry. And she was like, she had closure, and she started crying, and she, like, hugged him. Like, mm-hmm. like instead of just, like, fighting her and fighting her, just being like, yes, I, and I'm so sorry that happened. Well, until he started literally fighting them towards the end, and he ended up smashing that one lady's walker. <laughs> that was, yeah, that well, that did get a he little... He had a lot of anger building up inside. <laughs> he really did. Yeah, the, the the savior, the savior sort of thing, the savior, um, not even allegory, not motif. even... Motif. It, it wasn't even a motif when they try to say, oh... You've been... You're a half-clone of Jesus. The holy foreskin. The holy foreskin? I could not <laughs> believe that. Like, I I don't know... Because at that point, I'm still believing she's a doctor. Yeah, that should have been a heads-up. Well, that and, like, the idea that she's going to let Victor inseminate her so she can have stem cells and save the mother somehow yeah i thought that see but still i was like she has a lab coat she has to be a doctor there were signs that she might be a little bit left of the center of things see now you're being leftist that wasn't me look i'm a self-hating left-handed person let me tell you (laughs) Oh, can we talk about some of the the actors that we recognized? Like, I mentioned yes. Angelica Houston um, played Ida. Then we also had um, Agent Coulson from S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay. Something Greg. That's an interesting Greg one. Greg somebody. Clark Greg. So he has two first names. Plays the last name, the Greg with two G's at the end. Uh-huh. Clark Greg? was also the writer and director of this movie. Oh, my God. That explains so much. What do you mean? You, I don't expect that from Agent, from Agent Coulson. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. Well, and it's interesting, too, that I don't know what, I don't know how far this connection goes, but Sam Rockwell plays Justin Hammer in the Iron Man films, or maybe it's just one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's definitely a Marvel Universe connection with <laughs> with this movie. There is also um, John Waters in the Sex Addicts Anonymous group. Yes, the filmmaker of such off-the-beaten-path cult films like Pink Flamingos, Multiple Maniacs, Female Trouble. Haven't seen any of those. What? I mean, some of them are a little just super gross. Did he also do like Sixteen Candles and all of those Molly Ringwald movies? No. Who's that? Hughes, John Hughes. John Hughes. Okay. Yes, John. Uh, uh, this is in dispute, but I believe that John Waters also invented the fussy little mustache. Mm. I think that was his. If not his invention, he certainly popularized. That's yeah. The fussy little mustache. It was only popular in France before that. <laughs> and you had oui. to wear the striped shirt with the beret, and carry a baguette. <laughs> I, you can never carry a baguette. You always carry baguettes. 
if if we ever go to France, I'm going to carry a single baguette. That's that's frustrating though. Then I guess I will smack you with said baguette. That's mean. I hope it's fresh. So I don't <laughs> get hurt. There's one more person that I would like to point out in this movie. Uh-huh. Denny, the best friend of the hero. He looks very familiar, but I couldn't place him. He plays Frank in the television program The Office. He is in a very few episodes of The Office. He's the one who paints butts on Pam's mural. Oh, in so se- in later seasons. Season nine, yeah. Okay. Season nine, she's, <laughs> she's painting a How Paper is Made mural. Mm-hmm. And Frank comes up. And she, she and Dwight, like, paint elements of her mural on the back end of his truck. Oh. So you paint butts on my mural, I paint a mural on your the butt of your truck. And that's how like he was going to like attack attack them and yes. then what's his name from the documentary crew? Brian. The sound like, guy Brian. Got involved, mm-hmm. I see. He was the boom operator and like I think like pops him in the head with his uh with the boom with the boom mic? I don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen that episode. Like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, he wielded his boom mic, I believe. <laughs> That's all I have before. Do you have anything before we move to the Bechdel test? So the movie ends with... I don't know if it's the very last scene, but when he's on the plane and he goes back to his airplane bathroom sex. Uh-huh. Did you know that airline bathrooms, even if you do, like, technically lock the door, uh-huh. there is a secret way to get into every bathroom door on a plane? Because you never want to have, you never want to be in a situation where there's someone in the bathroom doing something way worse than having sex, like building your, making your bomb or whatever it is. <laughs> Whatever well, or they is. could be medical so emergency, medical like emergencies, heart sure. attack. There's reasons to get in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's always a way to get in there. I just, what planes are these people flying on they, that two people, first of all, can fit in an airplane bathroom, and second of all, can move enough to have sex <laughs> in an airplane bathroom? I mean, granted, I have not flown that much, and it's been basically on the crappiest you know, planes in America. The space where your feet go is pretty much as big as my feet. Right, right. So I'm like, is this, I'm guessing this is like a friends thing where like nobody has an apartment that big in New York unless you're paying like a gazillion dollars. Um, (laughs) But for the sake of the television show, you don't want to see your main characters in a shoe closet Every day. You want it to be nice and big and open and plenty of room for comedy to happen. Right. So I'm guessing they probably just made the bathroom, the airplane bathroom, bigger than it really was. It's probably a bit bigger than it really is. Yeah. And, you know, they can't... You also need at least a camera in there. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. So moving on, the Bechdel test. It has to have failed. So, it wasn't on the Bechtel Test website, so um, 
based on what I wrote down, I don't think it passes. Um, there are, let's see, I wrote down five named female characters. There is Nico from the Sex Addict group, Ursula from Colonial Williamsburg or whatever. Oh, right. Paige Marshall, the doctor slash patient. Mm-hmm. Ida Mancini, that's Victor's mom. And then Cherry Daiquiri slash Beth. <laughs> but none of them ever talk to each other on screen. Right. Um, there are conversations like where Paige says, you know, Ida and I talked about blah, blah, blah. But we don't ever see Ida and Paige actually talking to each other. She's just recounting conversations they've had in the past, mm. which I don't think really counts. No, no, it shouldn't count. And you know what? L- looking at all of that, you know, now they don't name them, but all of those nur- when we meet nurses and doctors, female doctors, the female staff of the of the hospital, mm-hmm. um, you see real quickly a cut where, like, you can see that he's probably had sex with all of the female workers there. Yes. You would think someone in charge would come up to him after seeing him interact with Paige. You would think someone would pull pull him aside and say, by the way, that's a patient, and please leave her alone. Yeah, you would think so, wouldn't you? Because he, he doesn't hide any of that at Mm-mm. all. Oh, another thing, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, I don't think he lies at any point during the movie. He may mislead people. He may not say, hey, by the way, I choked myself on purpose in order to trick you. Like, he hasn't... There's certainly things he leaves out. But when he says something, it's true. Like, the thing about the links. Like, oh, you have a you have a chunk missing from your ear. And he goes, oh, yeah, that was a lynx. Like a cat. Like a wild, you know. <laughs> and then we see later that his mom like broke him into the zoo so they wouldn't have to I am guessing they wouldn't have to pay to get in um, so they're just like let's go at night and hop the fence well she was liberating the animals oh right right she had the wire cutters which look zoos have their problems but the <laughs> last thing you want to do is liberate a bunch of wild animals First of all, in an enclosure, like, it's going to take them a while probably to figure out how to get out of the zoo. Right. So you're going to have a bunch of, like, predators eating your prey animals. And that's before they even get to the humans outside the zoo. It's just a big mess. She did not think very far ahead. Well, she didn't think very far ahead on anything, really. It's one thing if you steal a spider monkey and you sort of, like re-release it into its natural habitat you somehow get to a jungle right yeah (laughs) but that's not what we're talking about here no but yeah what do you think about that statement that he does not lie um i mean notwithstanding his conversations with the dementia patients because of course he says oh yeah i was that guy oh that's true i Um, guess that's technically a lie i i don't know i I don't remember everything that he said, so I don't know. Hmm. I would say we would need to rewatch it, but I really don't want to rewatch it. So if any of our listeners know. (laughs) Please. So has your opinion changed since the last time you saw this? So not unlike other movies, 
that I there's a bit of a pattern emerging here when it comes to these movies this month and it's that there's a lot more sadness I saw this movie uh, probably a year or so after it came out um, and it makes me it makes me more it makes me sad you know mm-hmm. and I also kind of changed my my feeling about how you deal with um, how you should deal with dementia sufferers. Mm-hmm. I think it's a kind... I didn't think at the time, but I do think now that it's a kind thing. There's a certain kind of kindness to um, not fight someone mm-hmm. with dementia. But yeah, overall, like, it's not... Like, if, if... Like, so yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie... And if you were asked me to recall, like, what happened at the end of the movie, I would probably say, like, oh, yeah, he, there's a, there's a character arc, and he changes in some way, like, but he doesn't, he doesn't. He really doesn't. I mean, he's kind of rudderless now that his mom is dead, because she was, like, he made a comment about always being, like, tied to her. Like, he feels responsible for her, he pays for her hospital and everything, even though... Unless he blocked it out of his memory, like, he should remember seeing himself on the milk carton and having questions, and I don't know, I feel like that's kind of a big disconnect in his relationship with his mom, is how, what happened between finding out he was on a milk carton and him taking care of her in the hospital... Yeah. That, like, why would he still be doing that? What explanation did she give him about why he was on the milk carton? Or did he completely block it out? Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm sure it's traumatic learning the person you think is your mother is not. So, really, after watching this movie, I have more questions than anything. Like, I don't feel like it even answered the questions it raised. Well, it looks like you're looking for choke, too. No. The choking? Sure. The sex addict strikes back. No. <laughs> so for disability portrayal, um, we already talked about a little how they were playing the um, mental illnesses for laughs. Because yeah. although he was, you know, kind and, and putting them, you know, giving them closure and putting them at ease, he still did it in a way that I feel was supposed to be a jokey way, not a jokey way to the audience, not necessarily a jokey way in the way he was handling it. Right. You, you, do you know what I mean? There's definitely a way that it was presented in a way where you're trying to make me laugh by having an old woman say, you touched me on my woo-woo. Yeah. Like, that's... There's a way to do that where you're not trying to make me laugh. Yeah. Or, like, once the holy foreskin comes into play and one of the patients, like, kneels and kisses his hand or something. That one woman just sort of appeared next to him when he was sneaking through the hallway. Yeah. That was a little weird. And he's like, whoa! He's, like, freaked out by her. So, I mean, I I get it. It's a comedy. I just feel like it could have... It could have done better in, in that regard. But... Right. That's just me. I I already know this movie is... 
I feel like I say this sometimes. It's like I'm. I know I'm not the target audience for this movie. Right. I bet there's no pop culture references that you know from this movie. That is correct. I do not. Hmm. Besides the many fame now famous, famouser people. <laughs> well, Angelica Houston was already famous. And John Waters, yeah. So how do you think the movie would be different with today's technology? I'm kind of like, it's kind of contemporary. I mean, 2008 was 12 years ago. Good Lord. I mean, it's before it's before the dawn of the, the true smartphone. It's before. I think it came out the exact same year, if not the year before the iPhone. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah, I think the first iPhone came out in 2008. And then the proliferation, the the... Really, the perfection of the smartphone and everyone having one. Mm-hmm. Um, the last adopters, if you will, uh, didn't. <laughs> it took them a couple of years, I think. So, yeah, I mean, there could have been, you know, uh, there's Tinder and there's all sorts of like apps that would be. Oh, true. Uh, a way to fuel. He didn't seem. I mean, not having. Not using technology, it seemed like. He pulls his laptop out of a trash bag at one point when he decides that he wants to get back into anonymous sex again. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, when he he finds the woman who has the rape fantasy. Mm-hmm. He finds that woman on one of the on a on a web after going through all those there are all those like funny sounding websites and titles mm-hmm. <laughs> that I won't necessarily repeat. But yeah, he pulls his computer out of the out of the trash. So it would be interesting that I think there'd be a lot more if you were if you're a sex addict and decided, okay, I can't have a smartphone, there might be that might be a stigmatism like 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 if you tell someone you don't have you can't have you can't have a a phone now that's like saying, like, yeah, I don't wear shoes. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you must be looked at, like, <laughs> like, what's wrong with you? Is this something everyone has? My 89-year-old grandfather has a flip phone <laughs> that I think I've seen him use once. Like, all communication goes through Grandma. Well, yeah, I guess... Who is, my... Who's very savvy for an 85-year-old woman. Right. I believe I've gotten a gif from her. Well. Yeah. I mean, it was in a group text, but I it was in a group text, but I believe that it was uh, directed at me. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 So she's she's savvy enough for both of them, I guess. <laughs> right. I should say, of a certain age, like. Right. If you're a mil- if some if if someone's a millennial and they don't have a smartphone for personal reasons because they can't trust themselves uh-huh. to have access to. You know, <laughs> to apps, people are gonna ask you questions and think you're, that you're weird just for that. I bet. I bet you. What age range? Because people, I'm not asking this because I think Should you're be, gonna give me a wrong answer or anything. I'm, I, I'm I just, might. I'm just curious. What age range do you think millennials are? Like what years of birth? So you don't talk about. We don't. You and I don't talk about. Um. I can tell you the age range that I'm th- that I think of when I think of millennials, mm-hmm. and I think it's like m- mid 
mid mid twenties to mid thirties. I know that it's bigger than just a decade. Uh huh. Right? Am I right or wrong? Well, the thing about that is, I feel like I can speak as an expert because I'm either the oldest of the, I'm either the oldest of the millennials or the youngest of Gen X. Right. So, um, a lot of people when they hear millennials, though, they're like. Oh, this eighteen-year-old just started college. That is no, not, not a, millennial. a millennial. That's yeah. not a millennial at all. Millennials are the people who came of age around the millennium. That's why they're called millennials. So, like my stepdaughter, she was born in ninety-eight. I refuse to believe that she will be a, a millennial because that makes us in the same generation, and that's just wrong. So, to me, either I'm a millennial and she's Gen Z. Or I'm Gen X and she's a millennial. We can't both be in the same generation. I will not allow it. Right. <laughs> but I feel like there are some there are some areas where I feel like I identify more with Gen X, and then there are some like with social media and a lot of internet stuff that I feel more connected with, like millennials. But you're you're pretty firmly Gen X, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm certainly Gen X. Um... Well, Gen X, they have, I'm looking at a website now, and the youngest age, I'm 45, the youngest age of Gen X is 41, the oldest is 55. See, I don't quite understand. Anyway, because then millennials are considered between between 26 and 40, so I'm not that, not that far off, I guess. There is, this is totally getting off topic, but there is a um, hybrid generation to cover the cusp yeah. called Xennials. Yes. So part right. Gen X and part Millennial. Yes. And I bet that says like 1978 to 1982 or something. 1975 to 1985. So, so do you, maybe you would, maybe you would uh, identify as an. Exennial. Exennial. Well, now mm. that we've gone completely off track. Oh, yeah, because we were talking about how it would be different with today's technology, and then we got sidetracked. We did. So do you have anything else to discuss? One more thing. I'm just going to throw this out there. Uh-huh. I'm looking at the shape of Sam Rockwell's head because he's in, I believe, almost every single scene, maybe every single scene. So you're doing a lot of looking at his head. Uh-huh. I think that he's the evil version of Dana Carvey. Okay. I can see that. That is all. You don't want to expound on that or anything? Don't need to. Okay. <laughs> so that about wraps it up, I guess. <laughs> you can find us on a bunch of platforms like iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. We're also on the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network at CosmicPotatoNetwork.com. As for us, just go to WaitYou'veNeverSeen.com to find links, social media, and contact information. Leave us some feedback and let us know if you have any suggestions for movies or TV shows we should watch. That's our show for today. Next time, we'll be watching Rear Window. Rear Window with your fave, Jimmy Stewart. Thanks for listening. Ah, your coppers. That didn't even sound like him. Your coppers will never get me, she. You're drifting into Humphrey Bogart there. Thanks for listening.